0: Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com.
1: Hi, Joshua here, producer for Living Wealthy Radio. Wow, this is such an interesting talk today, and it did not go the way I thought it would. In a way, this is an autopsy of American culture, um, and a deep dive into the spiritual and philosophical problems that are behind our nation's decline. But it doesn't start out that way. It actually starts as a conversation about overcoming our demons and rejecting the victim mentality personally. There's so many negative voices dragging us down, and this rather unique conversation shows the link between personal victimhood and broad-scale degradation of our society as a whole. Our guest today was a Hollywood insider and victim of sexual abuse. Now she has a message of empowerment and victory that propelled her out of the darkness. Her journey gave her insight into the various ways that victim mentality is shortchanging us and leading us away from God's blessings. And in this conversation, she repeatedly makes the point that only by understanding who we truly are in God can we achieve our full potential. Today's enriching fact of the day is that you can get anything you want in life by failing 90% of the time. The fact is most of us go through life hoping and wishing, but rarely getting. We take the job that's available. We make the pay that was offered. Uh, we live the life we find ourselves in, and for the most part, we're in default mode. Really smart people spend a lot of time planning and making flowcharts, listening to podcasts, um, strategizing to improve things and achieve their dreams. But well, as it turns out, it's not usually the smart people who get what they want in life. It's the bold people. And the reason bold people get what they want from life is really quite simple. Smart people can thoroughly predict chances of failure, so they don't make the attempt. They know the odds, so they settle for what they can get. But bold people have the ability to see the potential for success and then go for it. And as the saying goes, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. How many influencers and life coaches... Uh, and YouTube channels are there um, telling us how to be successful or how to achieve specific goals or make a million dollars or whatever it is to get the things we want out of life. There's tons of different strategies and principles that we can implement, right? But really, it's as simple as this. You get what you ask for. You win what you repeatedly attempt to win. You achieve what you have the audacity to try, try again. Most of us never get the body we want, the relationships we want, the job we want, or whatever it is we're after. Why not? It's not because we're not smart enough. It's because we're not bold enough. It's because of self-doubt. We talk ourselves out of trying. But the people who routinely get what they want out of life understand that Having the boldness to ask for something or to try and try again to achieve it over and over again in spite of numerous failures is what dramatically increases their odds of success. There's something called the 10% target. And what that means is if you make a dedicated attempt at something 10 times, one of those times you're going to get it. Most people, they don't even make one try. They're smart. They see the risks involved or the unlikeliness of this thing, and so they don't go for it. Some are a bit bolder and go for it once or twice and then it doesn't work out and they feel like a failure in life and so they just stop right there. But listen to this. You must, I repeat, you must become comfortable failing 90% of the time because that other 10% is where you win. That 10% target is how you get anything you want in this life. But to get to that one win, statistically speaking, you must fail nine times. Now, the only way to be comfortable failing that much is practice, even in the small things in life. Being bold enough to try for unrealistic things you want and continually trying when you fail over and over again is how you eventually win. Develop a mindset of resilience. View failures as part of the process. Today's enriching moment reveals that you really can get almost anything you want in this life You just have to mentally get past all the planning and number crunching and your fear of failure. This isn't something you're either born with or without. This is a skill that anyone can develop through practice. Practice asking for the little things and the big things. And by failing 90% of the time, you will win. You're listening to Living Wealthy Radio with Teresa Kuhn. It's understandable that you might feel in ship shape when the economy is doing well or life is smooth sailing, but when the financial winds kick up or there's an economic downturn or crisis, you realize at the wrong time where the vulnerabilities are in your portfolio. That's why I highly recommend getting a free, customized financial analysis from the team of experts at Financial Battleship. Whether you're a business owner or just looking to shore up your family's finances Financial Battleship enables you to weather any storm. Their solutions and on-call advisors equip you with liquidity, full use and control of your assets at any time, the option to avoid probate, tax-favored and tax-deferred accumulation and distribution, and so much more. Just head over to buildmybattleship.com for your free analysis, which includes customized insights for cash flow optimization, asset allocation, and a detailed financial blueprint. You'll also get a free ebook loaded with strategic intel for building your financial battleship. Go to buildmybattleship.com and get the confidence to achieve your major financial dreams without the dread of unnecessary risk.
0: Joining us today is Cynthia Garrett popular speaker media commentator and founder of cynthia garrett ministries she is the author of i choose victory moving from victim to victor a powerful new book about breaking free of the victim mentality and achieving victory in key aspects of life she's going to share how our mindset can either keep us down or empower us to live the wonderful life God has for us. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio, Cynthia. Ah, thank you very much for that introduction.
2: I appreciate it and, and your patience and just everything and helping to get me here. I'm happy to be with you.
0: Well, I'm excited for the audience to, to hear your story. And uh, let's start from the beginning. You've got quite the path. Uh, quite the journey that you've been on. Um, So tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Well, you know, I I grew up in a a large family. I'm the oldest of six kids. I have a few half brothers. And I I mean, to make a very long story short, uh, for anybody who's listening who has a story of sexual abuse and low self-esteem and struggle that comes out of your childhood, uh, be encouraged. Because that is also my story, and my my first book, *Prodigal Daughter: A Journey Home to Identity*, really deals with my testimony, which is how I, you know, grew up carrying this secret that caused a well of pain and acting out, and you know, uh, inappropriate behaviors as a young twenty-year-old girl looking for love in all the wrong places, and really and truly. Trying to love herself without any real ability to even understand what it meant to love yourself because of all the voices that were in my head, telling me that I was dirty and and shameful, and this horrible thing had had happened to me at the hands of a relative in my home. It happened to my little sister as well. We were both molested repeatedly as little girls uh, from the ages of about four and seven over the course of a couple of years and it was, you know, one of those horrible scars that I brought into adulthood. And at a certain point when I realized that my behavior was inconsistent with who I am and the life I wanted to live, I realized that these events had caused brokenness in my my soul, in my heart, in my And and all of it affects how you live and, and how you react to everything, people, relationships, friendships, love, intimacy, the ability to move forward, all of it. And so it was really from that place of despair that I went on a journey that took me through a lot of dark places, but eventually it landed me right in the arms of Christ, who had always been there who was waiting for me to really surrender and say, I don't know what this is all about. I can't do this anymore. Please help me. I can't put a face on this. I can't pretty this up. I I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm broken. I need you to make me whole. And in Isaiah, we are told, uh, you know, about the ministry of Christ. Um, He came to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captives free. And I knew that I was broken And I knew it started with that brokenheartedness. And I knew that I had grown up and that that brokenheartedness had become uh, a world of emotional captivity. And he came to set the captives free. And um, that ministry is still only reserved for Jesus Christ. Nobody else can do it, (laughs) you know? And so I really took a dive into getting to understand what that meant. And, and, and into learning that the promises of God and the abundance of God, the, the glory of God, the, the blessings of God are for today, right now in the life you're living currently. They're not only for the life that we live eternally. He wants us to walk in freedom and victory now.
0: And, um, and that's his promise. Such a great story. And I think one that so many people can relate to The title of your new book, I Choose Victory, Moving from Victim to Victor, it's very politically incorrect, especially in today's times. Mm -hmm. How did you choose that title knowing the culture, the victimhood culture that we're living in today?
2: Oh, boy. Such a victim culture, a victim's mentality, I, you know, uh, poverty of the mind, um, you know, an inability to accept responsibility for your life, m- no matter who did what to you, a, 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 an unwillingness to forgive each other. I mean, <laughs> the victim's mentality that plagues our world and especially our nation today is evident when you look at people looking to be saved, looking outside of themselves for someone to make it right, someone to correct the wrong, someone to give them something that was taken. Uh, you see, uh, I mean, I look at our nation and I see a nation full of young people you know, being told that they started out in, in an atmosphere of brokenness in a broken and bad country, and so what? Things can never get better? No. When we know Christ, we forgive, we move on, we choose victory every day, because every day that we wake up and we have breath in our lungs, we should be grateful. I mean, we're, vic- we're, we're, we're victorious. You know, we're not promised tomorrow. So, you know, I tend to look at every day that God gives me as another day to change the life that I'm living, achieve the dreams I want to achieve, grow in myself and in an understanding of myself and the world around me. It's an opportunity to be a kinder person, a gentler person, a a more understanding person, a wiser person, Um, and it's an opportunity to forgive. You know, To forgive those who've hurt you, who've maybe caused you to start out your life behind the eight ball or with less than the next person. Because if you don't forgive, You've got an anchor called unforgiveness around your entire life. And whether you know it or not, it is bringing you down. (laughs) It is definitely bringing you down.
0: How do you think we got to this place? Because America certainly wasn't founded on a victim principle, right? It was certainly founded on more of a victorious self-responsibility, freedom, liberty type of mentality. How do you think we got here? (sighs) ah wow
2: i think you know it's interesting i i think that we've just gotten further and further away from from faith i think that we were a nation i mean you know we were a nation that uh, whose founding fathers did have biblical principles you know In our formation, no matter what anyone says, go to Washington, D.C. and stand in front of the Lincoln Memorial or the Washington Monument. I mean, you see scripture all over the place. So I think that, you know, we think about, well, we've got to separate church and state. Well, this isn't about a separation of church and state. This is about a separation of God from who we are as individuals. It's about a, a separation from morality and values to Our flesh and ourselves and our own desires and you can't survive that way you will eventually implode and when you separate God from all of this what you do is you leave yourself looking outside of yourself at other people for your help and your provision or you look at yourself for your help and your provision neither of those are good neither of those are good
0: you came uh early in your career you came from a background with mtv and vh1 and hollywood and celebrities and um so much of society looking up to you know hollywood and that music culture um, you've really come a long way and where you are today knowing that as your background how did your what were your impressions looking back right where you are today looking back in in that that environment that you were working in, was it, was it a, cause you know, a lot of celebrities, super successful, so it appears, right? Um, and so were, did they have a victim mentality as well, or did they wake up every day and take responsibility for their careers and do what they needed to do to be successful?
2: You know, it's funny. I, I think that most people that I ever worked with in the industry were plagued with victims' mentality. Um, I think about the number of times that talent jumps from agency to agency because when they're not working, it's gotta be the agent's fault. You know, uh, They're not paying attention to me, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. And certainly, those things happen. However, what also happens is that sometimes you have to stop and say, hold on a second, Maybe it's not my time. Hold on a second. Maybe this is an opportunity to study more, learn something, grow in an area. But it takes great faith to be able to live like that and think like that. And so, again, you know, these industries and our society, our culture, they don't want God in the equation because if Jesus Christ is in the equation, it means you have to look at much more than you know what you're looking at in the course of your day and most people don't want to do that i don't care what they say they don't they they it's easy to say we're christians but it's difficult to surrender and live a surrendered lifestyle where jesus christ is truly lord of your life and that's that that is the problem with the world today is that we christians who say we're christians who say we're believers are clearly not as rooted in the faith as we need to be, because if we were, we would be winning a lot more souls to Christ.
0: Well, you know, some argue that culture is downstream from politics, and some argue the opposite. Politics is downstream from culture. I probably favor... Um, that politics follows culture and the environment you were in, you know, MTV and VH1. I mean that they were certainly pushing the envelope, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, uh, you you know, we were relatively um, the Judeo-Christian country and then all of a sudden MTV VH1 comes on TV and we're seeing stuff that was pretty far out there, right? At, At that time. Yeah. And certainly not Grounded in, you know, Christian principles, right? Yeah, no, totally. Drugs, the hooking up, the alcohol, the um, just degeneracy, right? Of, of people and objectifying sex. And you had a career in that. I mean, that was, um, when, when were you with MTV? What year? So it would have been 95
2: to 99. There you go. You are absolutely correct. I mean, and, and you know, the, this sort of goes back, I guess, a, a bit to your question before this, but, you know, you look at people who look successful and glamorous and, and they're pushing an agenda and young people buy into the agenda and it's really selling sin. And I mean, boy, does Hollywood make it look glamorous. And and it's easy because it looks so appealing. But the reality is you got a lot of victims there too, you know, not just the victims that they're making, but but the people propagating this stuff are victims because they don't even understand that they're being asked to compromise. They're being asked to, you know, I look at some of the songs that are popular today. Um, There's this one, everyone kind of went crazy about this song by... um, cardi b right this Mm. and this song is you know written and produced by men for this girl now everyone sort of you know took issue with this girl but my thought was well it's not just this young woman this young woman is the victim of sexual abuse and she's too stupid to know it she doesn't get it no one and why well okay look at her background clearly there's a lot of brokenness there. You know, she comes out of stripping and you wonder what what happened in her home, what happened in her family. Why didn't she have the self-esteem to know that she's the daughter of a king? You know, why doesn't she know Jesus? Has anyone tried to introduce her to Jesus? Who's around her that knows Jesus? Who's actually speaking into her life in a way that she might go, wow, I don't feel the judgment of, of Christ. I feel the love of Christ. And with that, said if you love me you'll keep my commands well with that she's being inv- invited to fall in love and to then keep his commands no one's really dealing with the entire issue it's really easy to just go oh well she's horrible and blah 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 well what about these men and wh- why are we as women accepting this abuse from men it's not empowering for us to sell our bodies at all yet that is, the, that is the culture. You know, that's the, the PC culture that we live in. And I, I feel like in our culture, we have those who say that's wrong and those who say it's cool, that's right. But what we don't have are platforms and podiums for those who say, uh-uh, that's wrong. This is why that's wrong. Come here, let me teach you what, what you need to know so that you understand you know, why you should change what you're doing, you know? and uh, Yeah.
0: Cynthia, you're absolutely right. And, you know, this whole Me Too movement and this empowerment movement for women, you know, it's not just the women that are being oppressed here and being used and abused. It's Children, it's young boys and girls and adolescents and young men who turn into right these 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 young people that turn into um, they get harmed and damaged and broken at such an early age, all in the name of chasing fame. Mm-hmm. And what they believe will bring them happiness. And it's so darn sad. But look how far we've come from the mid-90s. And I'll tell you, I kind of grew up with MTV. Um, me too. And let me think, when was it? Maybe, I don't know, maybe...
2: It was 1980. Uh, like 1980. You remember when Thriller? Yes. Or Madonna. Donna was really the first big MTV offering. And I mean, that, that should say it right there. It was like 1982.
0: Early eighties. Yes. I remember seeing Madonna at, at a disco in Miami. Um, before she made it really big, right? But look how far we've come. and Madonna was out there. Madonna was absolutely out there, right? But look how far we've come to Cardi B Today, which the lyrics of the song, you know, as any parent, if they've got a young child, uh, it, you know, their kids are singing the lyrics to these songs that are just so out there. They're such a satanic. Demonic influence over Hollywood and the music industry, and our culture accepts it without discernment. Yeah,
2: you're right. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And it's, it's, and then I've, I have friends who are parents who say things like, well, it's kind of what they listen to, right? And I'm like, no, wrong. You're the parent. They don't need you to be their friend. You don't need to be popular with them. They need you to be aware and use godly wisdom. And, but then, and then as I'm talking, I go, but they don't know God. They don't, they don't know the word. They don't know. So once again, Satan's trick is to just deceive us. Why? Because for lack of knowledge, <laughs> the people perish.
0: Were you aware of the satanic influence when you were, you know, did you have some awareness yes. at all or you
2: did? Yes, I did. As a little girl, from the time I was a little girl, yes, I did. I used to lay in my room at night after having been molested and I would cry and I would say, God, why is this happening to me? And Jesus would speak to me. And from the time I was a little girl and he would say, it's the bad spirits. The bad spirits want to kill your good spirit. They're after your spirit. They want, they want your life. And I knew that I knew it from a little girl. I had no theology for that. I had no understanding for that. And as I got older and I read the Bible and then I learned that there is spiritual warfare and that there is a Satan, there's a very real enemy of our soul. Then I realized that what what Paul, the apostle Paul teaches us about putting on the armor of God for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in Corinthians. All of that, I began, now I understood. I got the grid for it and I got it. And I realized that it is that warfare that makes 99% of the people on the planet live as victims. The ones that choose, they don't realize that choosing victory, it's really your choice because it's about confronting the different war zones of your life you know the personal war zone which is all of your personal experiences the bad things that have happened to you that cause brokenness the enemy jumps on that and he uses it so you've got to go to war against these personal circumstances how do you fight them by confronting them and forgiving those who have hurt you then you move to the spiritual war zone why because spiritually your soul is polluted by these personal events that have happened to you. So as you confront these personal events, you now have to confront the spiritual condition of your life. You can't live a certain way. You can't make the choices you're making that that may be sinful because that sin is out to get you. It's there to destroy you. But a lot of that is caused because of what you've gone through in your personal war zone. So the personal war zone is, is necessary to confront, as is the spiritual war zone. And then I deal with the political war zone, which basically looks at the politics of our nation and why, why our nation looks as it does today. Well, you've got a nation of broken people who won't confront their personal circumstances and the personal events in their lives. They won't forgive. And so, therefore, they don't even care to look at what a spiritual war zone might look like because they're not going to deal with the fact that there's sin in their lives. And so you have a nation of broken people breaking other people. No wonder we have a political war zone. And then I look at the victory zone in my book, uh, my new book, I Choose Victory, Moving from Victim to Victor. And the reason why that's the fourth war zone is because most people don't know how to actually live and walk in victory they've been victims and thought like victims and lived like victims and behaved like victims for so long they don't know how to break out of it and so you know for me i think this book you know if you're ready to not live as a victim and take and really own the fact that you get to choose victory right now today for your very own life um if you're not ready for that you won't want to read the book but a lot of people have read it and found freedom, not because there's judgment in it, but because what the Lord showed me was that most people don't choose to be victims. They just don't know how to choose victory. And so my book is a set of tools you know, that I've learned through my own transparent situations and mistakes that I share in my books. Um, it's the tools that God gave me. It's the tools I employed to choose victory for my life. And I know that they work. And so my heart was to share them with others.
0: So was it a moment in time that you can go back and say, that was exactly the moment where I felt the shift and I knew my life was forever changed? Or was it gradual? I think that there were
2: a number of shifts and then
0: that plays itself out gradually, if that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So there were like there were seeds that were being planted over time, and then there was a blossom.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think even through the darkness and through despair and through heartache and feeling horrible and, and, and crying yourself to sleep at night with your questions, feeling like there are no answers, in all of that, God is cultivating the blossom and and let's face it. You put a seed in the ground. It goes in the dirt. It's dark. It's cold. You, You keep watering it with your tears and with your, you know, tilling the soil with the Lord. But the more that you go through that process, you know, the more the seed fights underneath all of that to push through and break through and bloom and blossom. And it reaches for the sun. And the sun for me has always been the Lord. You know, I reach up, I reach toward him.
0: What a beautiful analogy. Thank you. Thank that's, that's absolutely beautiful. Cause you're right. You know, when you plant the seed, it's going into dark soil, mm-hmm. right? It's dark, it's underground, it's hidden. And, uh, that's, that's just so true. I, I just absolutely love that. Yeah. So fear, um, plays a big part in our tendencies to see ourselves as victims, right? Because I think fear plays um, such a big role in um, victimhood and not taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. And Satan does an amazing job with fear, right? You know, Satan talking to you and telling you everything that you did that was wrong and that you should be ashamed and you should feel guilty and you don't deserve. And then there's that overarching fear of, oh my gosh, like this is it. Um, right. And it's so easy to point the finger outside than pointing it inside and going inside. Right. Right. How do we, how do we overcome that fear? How do we overcome that, that, recording in our minds? Faith, faith, you know, fear
2: knocks at the door and faith has to answer. And when it does, you find that there's nothing and nobody there. And that's always been the way that it is for me. My fears and my mind can create scenarios that are so much worse, you know, and and, and in creating those scenarios, scenarios, and in partnering with fear, we're partnering with the enemy's plans for our life. We're we're making covenants over our very own life by even allowing fear to dominate. And I went through a big season of fear. Uh, It lasted for a couple of years. And I remember when I finally understood some of the keys for what to do, I would literally say the scripture out loud for, no, God didn't give me a spirit of fear but he gave me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And I would—I got to a point where I was saying that out loud to combat those feelings of fear five or six times a day. And then eventually, over about six months, I was only saying it a couple times a day. And then eventually, once a day. And you know, I, I think it's been about, I don't know, it's been years since I've had to remind myself that God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.
0: So what, what do you consider poverty of the mind? It's, it's something that you speak about in your book.
2: Well, I think that you can live as a victim for so long. You can identify with victims' groups for so long. You can identify with victims' talk and victims' behavior for so long that you eventually develop something that I call poverty of the mind. And it's truly a disease. It's a mind that is poor a mind that is ill, a mind that is sick. It's so impoverished. It doesn't know anything more than the ghetto that exists in itself, in its own mind. And, um, that is a place that many people raise their children. Uh, it is a place that many relationships exist. Um, it's a place that is not God. It's not God at all. You know, it's, it's all the enemy. And, we only we can make the choice to embrace something different only we can take responsibility for making the change look other people do horrible things to us and to other people and to each other however I, you know i'm not going to let the circumstances of my life nor the things that were done to me define my life they're not going to define me i get to make the choice of who and what defines my life and if i allow those who victimized me to define me, I've now given them my life and you don't have, nobody can take that from you. No one can take your mind. No one can take your life. No one. You have to give it over no matter what you think. It's your choice to give it over to somebody else.
0: That's so well said. And it's right. It is a choice. You know, who's going to define your life? Are you going to allow others to define your life or you define your life? And for me, I can say that absolutely was a a turning point for me as well. Like, who am I truly? I'm a child of God. Well, if I'm a child of God, then everything else my negative thoughts say or the outside world may say that I am based on my choices or my experiences, that's a lie. So why am I going to buy a lie? Why am I going to allow them to define my life? You know, Cynthia, we only have one life. That's it. That's the only life we've been given. It's the only gift that we've been given. Mm -hmm. And we were put here for a purpose and a reason. And are we going to allow the world to define what that reason is or who we are? Yeah. It's fair. And the older I get, the more I understand that. And the more I understand I have an urgency around it because time's ticking, right? I mean, yeah. we don't know how long we're going to be here. Yep. Oh boy, I'll tell you. And,
2: and and I've had it on my heart big time uh, lately to even on my TBN show, right? Um, which I, you can see, depending where you are in the world you can see on TBN in its first run or you can see on our Cynthia Garrett ministry's YouTube channel um, but even on the show I've really 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 been feeling like I'm going to spend about six weeks uh, with different different pastors talking about revelation I mean really modern day conversations about revelation and what the what revelation is says and looks like and reveals about the stuff that's happening right now you know the 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 names of the nations and who's playing what out and all these things that we see because we are living in some crazy times and it looks very much like end times
0: (laughs) well you know it's fascinating that you say that my uncle um taught my brother my sister and I revelations when we were little little kids and we looked at the world really different thanks to that those teachings you know we were able to be um, well, I, I think once you've got some seeds planted, you know, it turns on your reticular activating system And so you start seeing symbols where other people don't see them You start hearing certain news a little bit different than other people You start to see signs, you start to see evidence mm-hmm. And matching it back to revelations And boy, Cynthia, I don't know how old you are But I've been, I've been around for over 50 years And I am... This has been probably one of the most fascinating times in history to live in with everything that is going on. It is just absolutely fascinating. And as a student of Revelations, if you go back and make connections, it's like, oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's crazy,
2: right? (laughs) It's crazy. I
0: know. It's insane. And it, you know, I try not to get sucked into the drama because it takes away the joy um, and just the intellectual, just. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What is going on every day? It's like years of a news cycle, right? Every day there's stuff that's coming out that's just fascinating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that series I think is going to be awesome. And I've got to, I've got to find it and watch it. And, you know, you are on YouTube and we hear about, you know, YouTube censoring, right? Um, What they don't consider the truth. And at some point, I think they're going to come for um, those that speak of God and speak of Christ, right? Because it's not politically correct and it's offensive to some. Um, so what's your backup plan?
2: Hmm. Well, you know, there are the, interestingly enough, so obviously there are the conservative, you know, uh, things that are popping up. Parlor is the answer uh, to Twitter for conservatives. Uh, there's something that is the equivalent of YouTube for conservatives, for Christians, uh, where there's no censorship that's come up. And I can't remember the name of it at the moment. Is that Rubble? I think so. Yeah, I think so. But I honestly, my backup plan has always been, you know, uh, CynthiaGarrett.org. You know, if we if we get pushed to our own websites, okay, so be it. If we get, you know... If we get squeezed to our own channels, okay, so be it. But what we've got to do, I think, as believers is disconnect from, look, 92% of the people in America say they're, belief, they're Christians. Okay, well, if we decide that we're disconnecting from all the smut that they're giving us on Facebook and, and YouTube and anywhere else, then they, they would not exist. So at the end of the day, it's those of us who call ourselves Christians who aren't really in tune with how we need to be living that are le- are dropping the ball here because we could change everything. We're powerful. You know, there's a lot of us. So my biggest prayer is that those those people who call themselves Christians would really come to love and embrace what it means to be a Christian and would surrender and become lifestyle Christians. Because as lifestyle Christians, living lifestyle Christianity, there's luck. I mean, let's be real. Uh, so then when, when Netflix says, Oh, look at this TV show called Cuties, we would go, that's kitty porn. We would rescind our you know, subscriptions. Some of us did. I can't, I, I mean, I have to believe that most people didn't because if they did, Netflix would respond in kind. There are more of us than there are them. And the enemy has us thinking that oh, they're so powerful, I guess we just have to go along with the media. No, we don't. No, we don't. We're not victims. By the way, that is, that is a victim mentality.
0: Um, did you say 92% of Americans?
2: Yeah, there's some crazy statistic. Maybe wow. I'll even, yeah, it's like 92%. I'll even go 82. But of that number, sadly... Only about, what was this? Someone gave me these, Mike Bickle at the International House of Prayer in Kansas quoted this one year. I think 3% consider themselves surrendered Christians.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Well, because if you look at society, right, you know, American society, if 92 or 82% consider themselves Christians, well, I don't know. The, the... (laughs) There seems to be a, a majority that is um, pro-choice, mm-hmm. um, and if we define pro-choice for what it is, right? Uh, especially today, I mean, it's gone from you know first trimester abortion all the way to third trimester abortion and afterbirth, right? Which is murder and infanticide. Right. Um, we we allow so much oh my gosh crazy stuff into our homes from the perspective of media um how many kids are being raised in these supposedly christian homes that are now addicted to porn that are addicted to alcohol that are addicted to drugs i mean i i i hear you i believe you but the statistic that i find so accurate is probably those three percent that have actually surrendered yeah. and are living in this world, but that are not of this world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're that's why it. it's upsetting because it's it's saying that you're Christian and holding the name of Christ in unrighteousness that is so damaging to the people that need us to be Christians that need to be saved, that are lost and hurting, you know, and, and it uh it really it just it's heartbreaking honestly you know
0: well it's not working right it, it's it's clearly that way is clearly not working At all. and i think the powers that be and going back to revelations and this is a long conversation so i won't necessarily go too far down this rabbit hole but i am of the opinion that powers that be knew by design what they'd need to to do um, to change culture, to change politics, to degradate the human experience to such a point where there is no family, right? There's people are broken and alone and don't have long-term relationships and don't have that core family uh, and look to the government as their family, right? Yeah. To take care of them. Yeah. And so I think they've done an amazing job. They knew exactly what they were doing. And for the first time this year, I believe more and more people are waking up to the deceptions. They're waking up to what the media, the garbage the media has given us, the garbage that Hollywood and the music industry has given us. I think more and more people are awakening. Wow. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah, I'm are. seeing it more yeah. and more and more. Yeah. The enemy can no longer hide because the enemy his his face is is appearing to so many people. Oh
2: yeah. Listen, it's like, you know, it's like he's gotten so um crazy out there that it's just you see it. It's just obvious. It's like wow. so
0: bold. Yeah. Yes, so bold. There's, there's no hiding it anymore. They are, you know, when they come forward and they say it's legal to kill a newborn baby and they are celebrating yeah. and clapping and cheering, yeah, right? The passage of these laws. Yeah, it's sick. It's, you know, it's no longer a hidden agenda.
2: Right, right. It's sick. And, and listen, do you have no, how many? I know, I, I know and have met so many Christians who say things like, well, you know, but uh, they voted uh, for Obama and, or excuse me, for Biden Harris and they're really happy about that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so explain this to me. How are you a Christian voting for a party that's so blatantly for abortion and a woman that signed the bill for full term abortion? I mean, Kamala Harris is straight out there with it. Well, I just don't pay attention to that. You know, I (laughs) up in the church. And so, you know, I mean, I don't think it's about that. I don't pay attention to that. And I listen to that and I'm just like, wow, go in through the narrow gate for the road to hell is wide and the path that leads to it is easy. And a whole lot of people are walking on it.
0: You got it. I, I don't understand it either. I don't see the connection. As Christians, you, I, I believe you absolutely cannot support that with votes. No. Absolutely cannot support that politically. Mm-mm. And when you see, and, and I don't know if you remember seeing the New York state legislature clapping And cheering the passage of that third trimester abortion and infanticide bill. It's sick. It was evil. Yeah. As evil as it gets to cheer the killing of babies. And you can't hide behind not knowing. You know, 30 years ago, before the internet, you had to go to the library and you had to buy books and you had to go out there to get information and to understand things. But today it is right in our fingertips, anywhere you want. If you're not sure what they mean by abortion, you can type it in your phone and you can find everything out. In fact, you can find out so much, it will make you sick to your stomach yeah. what their agenda is and what they're doing with babies. Yeah. It's, and if yeah. you can't come to an understanding about what they're doing with babies, then nothing else, I don't think anything else will disturb you yeah. and wake you up.
2: Yeah, agreed. Agreed.
0: You're right. Well, Cynthia, this has been such a, a great conversation. I really uh, appreciate the work that you're doing, how you show up, the books you're writing. How can our audience find you online?
2: CynthiaGarrett.org or IChooseVictory.com.
0: Yeah. Yeah. IChooseVictory.com. I choose victory.com. That's beautiful. Love that. And I can't wait to read your book. The, the, your testimony, right? Oh,
2: prodigal daughter. Yeah. And you can, you can find out all about the books, you know, on the, on the site and what have you, but yeah, that one's a real personal one for me you, you, that I would love
0: to. And by the way, if you do read it, I'd love to know what you think about it when you do. Oh, I would love to share. I would love to share. Well, thank you so much for coming on Living Wealthy Radio. We really, really appreciate your time today.
2: Thank you, Teresa. God bless you for what you're doing. And thank you for having me on.
0: You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.